Hello and welcome to the November episode of Charging Status, the EV-focused podcast brought to you from the interface. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Jim Starling. How are you doing, Jim? Not too bad, Alex. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I've had some interesting cars last few weeks. Um, I hear you're quite busy getting ready to go to the LA Auto Show. I know we talked about it briefly last last episode. Um, yeah. So you're quite quite busy preparing for that. Yeah, there's um, there's loads to come at that now as well. Like I've actually, they've released quite a lot of details now, so I've got a bit more of an idea of what's happening. And then the day after, I think it's the 16th, I'm at the LA Auto Show for the press day. And then the day after, I'm going to the Peterson Museum. Oh, yeah. Um, which looks absolutely amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. But I know I'm going to see the um, the uh, sort of unveiling, if you like, of the new Lucid SUV, All which right. looks nuts. I mean, they're talking about it having over 500 miles of range, you know, silly quick charging times and things, and super luxurious. Um, I'm sure it's going to be relatively expensive and probably yeah. will never darken our shores, but who knows? Yeah, we're starting to see some impressively high-performing, high-mileage SUVs, electric, electric, electric uh, cars now, uh, like a thousand horsepower, something stupid like that, and then over five hundred miles of range. It's just we've come such a long yeah. way since like 2013, 2012, that sort of era. So mm. it's crazy. So something else that's that's going there that's going to be quite cool, I think, is Robert Downey Jr. did a series oh, yeah. where they converted loads of classic cars to EV, and um, I think they did one an episode for six episodes. Well, all those six cars are going to be there. Hmm. So that'll be really cool because I think it's a great idea when people, you know, strip the guts out of a a, a, a Tesla that's been bent around a lamppost or something and, and, oh, yeah. and chuck it into an old Mustang that's, you know, yeah, not I doing anyone a, any favours these days, perhaps. Yeah, I watched the Johnny, there was a Johnny Smith video probably during lockdown, I think, where he drove an MGB, I think that's what it's called, like an old yeah, sports yeah. car. Yeah, that was quite interesting as well. Yeah, a, a lot of those cars by sort of modern standards don't have massively great performance, obviously have a lot of reliability issues and stuff. And there are obviously lots of classic car enthusiasts that think they should always be kept 100% original. And to an extent, I, do, I agree. Mm -hmm. But when you've got one where it's baggy and horrible and you know the, the engine's come to the end of its natural life and it's going to cost X amount to try and keep the thing back on the road. And over here, you've got, a Tesla that's been wrapped around a flagpole or, uh, you know, a very sad uh, EV um, that's that's seen better days uh, in, in terms of its overall condition. If you can strip the guts out of it and and make two, make one great car out of two eh, cars, I, yeah. think it's a, I think it's a great way to go. Yeah, and people people like the look of those things. I saw this, there's this guy on Twitter, which I think he's from Australia. I'm not sure where he's from, but he was... He's got an old Land Rover that he's driving around at the moment through Norway and stuff. He's, he's just it's electric, um, and people people are loving mm -hmm. it when he's charging this stuff. Asking him, "Oh, what's this? What's that?" So it's it's an interesting thing to be doing. So definitely. Mm. Uh, in terms of what I've been driving, I've had a very busy three weeks. Um, I think the week just gone. Um, I had a Aura Funky Cat. I think the week two weeks ago now, or a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and then MG Five as well, um, and then. At some point in December, I've got a GV70 coming as well. So um, those two cars were good. Um, the MG5 wasn't quite as good as I expected it to be. Um, the, I don't know if you saw it. The software crashed twice. Like I was, I was charging for like half an hour, over half an hour. The entire screen went off. So I've got no idea what it was doing. And I had to hold the, the home button down to sort of reset the system. That happened twice in one week, which was 
a bit worrying. Did you have the Did you have the same one I had? I think they were very similarly similar regged. Okay. Um, I th- mine mine didn't. Yeah. My I didn't have the software issues. Okay. On mine, um, it might just be that that one. Mm. It's got an issue. It's a bit of a dog, but it could be just a common issue that didn't crop up in the couple hundred miles that I yeah I drove that one for yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I did have I did have that happen on the MG4 when I had that, and that was a, obviously yep. a long time ago. Yeah. So um, it may just be a general MG Gremlin kind of thing, but you'd think if it's yeah. been going on for that long, firmware updates, anyone? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than that, the range was good. It didn't charge quite quick, quite as quickly as I thought it would. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's relatively comfortable. Massive boot, right? Um, you can fit a lot of stuff in there. Um, I do a good test. Let's see if I can fit my tripod fully extended in the back of the boot. I know it's good. So it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Then the Subaru did that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then the they had the Aura Funky Cat. The sorry, the MG5 didn't work on Tesla superchargers. So I plugged it in um, on one of the ones that I know is um, open for third parties. Nothing. I rang Tesla. Said, "Oh yeah, MGs don't work on them." I was like, "Oh okay." <laughs> um, I think that's great because I I want them reserved for Tesla owners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then the aura funky cat um i had that uh for a week i did quite a lot of miles on that actually um that was quite good um it's 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 i think it's 90 percent there in terms of what it's offering um i dro- drove it down to bristol so it's about a 60 mile journey for me uh, and it lost a lot of range this was when it was relatively cold outside it wasn't as cold as it is mm-hmm. now. It just it just dropped a lot of range very quickly. Um, I had to pull mm-hmm. into one of the services and give it a quick charge, but um, that's a little bit worrying. And then that one did work with the Tesla superchargers, um, but the, mm-hmm. the the car is supposed to charge at sixty four kilowatt, uh, and I never saw above fifty, even if it was on like three mm-hmm. percent battery. Um, I'm sure it's just the the heat management of the battery is not quite up has to it, snuff. Has it got so a heat pump? Or? Don't think so. No. No. No, they said, I mean that make that does make a massive difference, mm. doesn't it? Um, did the most important thing with the Funky Cat? Did you get a little bit of lock on it and then floor it? Yeah. At any point? Yeah, yeah. And did you immediately smell burning rubber? Yeah, yeah. Happened quite yeah. a lot. It even <laughs> it's happened. Quite impressive, isn't it? I know it's amazing. But it the sound, happened. the sound as well. Like you get no indication that you've got a wheel spin. Like I could not feel a wheel spin. I just no. heard this sort of. Like this, and then the stench of burning rubber in the cockpit, and I thought, yeah, I may have just destroyed a set of tires. Yeah, they seemed alright though. I'd, I'd imagine how often it did it for me that other people have been doing that as well because it did it a bit too easily. Yeah, um, yeah, even out they, of a roundabout, they need to... just a little bit of a little bit of poke out of a roundabout just did it as well, which was a bit weird. But yeah, they need to sort out that that sort of torque vector somehow. With with, I'm sure they can do it with software. Um, but it's surprising just how well put together that car is, isn't it? You see, like, all oh, yeah. GWM Aura Funky Cat, what? And it's a bit yep. of an odd-looking thing, and then you get inside, and the interior is really quite nice, and um, and it's not just a copy of something else. I mean, they've got the crazy thing with the fish on the screen and everything, and, mm. I mean, it's, it's really quite different, isn't it? Yeah, I, I found it very charming. Um, mm. Like, some of the... So when we when I have a car in 
obviously me and my girlfriend go out together and she was quite taken aback by some of the some of the interior of that car she thought it was really nice mm. um the only thing i found wrong with that car was the software on it really yeah it's it's the software yeah. it's, that's why i say it's 90 percent there if the software was sort of a bit honed everything else like the look of it brilliant the the, the interior quality brilliant um, sort of the feel of the steering. I know me and you are quite a bit anal about steering wheels, but the thin steering wheel yeah. just make make made it feel so luxury. Um, I just yeah, I've that's why I said it's ninety percent there. It's it's nearly nearly there. Um, just the lack of CarPlay, which apparently is coming very soon, um, and some of the little bits and pieces. But other than that, great. So this this is the sort of um, kind of men around town we are. A couple of geezers, me and Alex get together and talk about steering wheels. Oh yeah. So, what, uh, what's the girth yeah. of your steering wheel? That's what we talk about usually. <laughs> <laughs> Matron. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, right. I I was really really surprised by the funky cat. I'd like a little bit more boot space in it because I feel like the in the rear you've almost got too much leg room for a car of its size. There's loads of leg room in the back mm. for that size car, and then quite a small boot. And I feel like they could have maybe given you an extra. 50 litres of boot space and still have loads of room in the back. And I thought the charging cables took up way too much space. There wasn't enough... There's nothing underneath yeah. the um, false floor to put anything in. There was a little bit of mm. uh, polystyrene stuff, but that wasn't big enough to put anything in there, but um, could have done with a bit mm. of a frunk. Yeah. It's amazing how many EVs don't have a frunk. And when, when you sort of open the bonnet, you can see that mm. there's plenty of room for one, even quite a small one sometimes. And it just makes you wonder why. I don't know. Maybe cost. Right. Mm. But yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. You think on a 35 grand car, maybe 50 quid cost of a bit of plastic. Yeah. I know they've got to tool to to make it, but once that's done, surely everything pays for itself fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, some, of the, some of the corner cutting and cost cutting on cars, I just find amazing at times. You think the difference between a really good one of these and a really crap one of these is like thirteen mm-hmm. p, <laughs> and yeah. then they choose to save the thirteen p. There's been quite, there's quite, quite a few cars I've driven recently, which are like that. But then two you've driven recently are not like that at all. Like the um, the Genesis GV60, that was like to me that was an amazing car. So when when you get the GV70, yeah, it will be a, a, like a quantum leap of difference like the quality in the gv70 mm. is so much nicer than in the gv60 so gv60 was the last genesis car i had i had all yep. of them first and then got a gv60 and it felt like a step down all oh, right um, so i can't think i can't imagine what that's as, like <laughs> yeah as good as that is it felt like a slight sort of backward step from some of the others all right but the gv70 is amazing like lovely, lovely thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be good. Um, I just want a very quick, short update on your um, Model Y. Um, so mm. you had that for about a month or two now. Yes, yeah, so I, I got it. I um, when was it? Start of September, I got it. Uh, so a couple yeah. of months. Um, probably done fifteen hundred miles in it now. Um, okay. And so not nothing crazy. We don't do sort of huge mileage. Obviously, I work from home. Um, mm-hmm. My wife walks to work most days uh so we haven't done crazy mileage in it but it's just been so easy so far i mean i'm driving it up to heathrow on wednesday um and 
yeah it's just a lovely thing really um really enjoying our time with it no no sort of niggles with it as such just i mean i did a video which is a bit clickbaity it's things i yes, hate about it. my tesla model y and and there are a couple like the fact it hasn't got a rear wiper which lots of people mm. in the comments have told me that i'm an absolute moron because i shouldn't want a rear wiper and you can put rain x on the rear screen and blah 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 but mm. um funnily enough i know my own mind better than some of those people in the comments and yes i want a rear wiper on every car that i i get into yeah. um but it's becoming a bit of a bit of a sort of um I don't know, it's like some sort of luxury item now. If you're getting a car that's got a rear wiper, it's, ooh, yeah. I can see out of the back screen. Wow. Um, so that's a bit of annoyance. The parcel shelf's really, really annoying. Um, it's just a bad piece of design. Mm. Um, although it's massively solid and probably the strongest parcel shelf I've ever seen in any car. Uh, it's just a bad design. Um, but aside from that, it's been great. And um, I've actually got a few bits have been sent to me to do a couple of little upgrades so i've obviously got the bog standard tesla model y which comes with the sort of silver and black wheel trims over the alloys mm. and um i've got a white one all the chromes blacked out so i like black wheels on a car i know again a lot of people don't but i do so i've got some black wheel trims for it so i'm going to stick those on that'll be a video and um also, because the paint's quite thin on Tesla Model Y, I've noticed mm -hmm. on a lot of them, the wing mirrors get battered with stone chips and things. <clears throat> that oh, seems really? to be a common area where stone chips get through the paint. So um, I've actually got some sort of matte carbon fiber covers to go over the wing mm. mirrors as well. So um, Might be quite nice. But yeah, it's, it's just such an easy thing to live with. I'm using Octopus Intelligent and uh, I'll plug it in tonight, for example. It will go on to charge for like 30 seconds and then it will sort out a plan. I'll just say I want it at, say, 100% at half seven in the morning and it will work out a plan just to charge it at the cheapest times only. It will cost about six quid. So, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not too bad. And I really, really don't miss going into petrol stations at all. I can see that, yeah. I mean, I am lucky having a charger at home. It means I don't have to public charge very often i probably will on the way to heathrow just because the car's going to be sat for a week it might lose a little bit of range and after a 12-hour flight coming home i'm not going to want to stop and charge the car on the way back so um i no. might stop at, at fleet i live in bournemouth might stop at fleet services there's a load of tesla chargers there maybe just top it up um while we go mm. in and get, grab a coffee or something it's incredibly quick to charge on one of those usually um so just as a little bit of a safety net but yeah i've used it on a public charger twice i think so far for about 10 minutes each time yeah i've used a tesla supercharger once on a tesla i had one for a test drive a few months ago just like plug it in that's it it's easy um mm. speaking of that with octopus um last few weeks and months with the evs i've had on um for press loans i've been using the octopus electroverse card i don't know if you've seen that um no i haven't you probably no. haven't it's like um, it's like an RFID card and an app, but what it does is it mm -hmm. it's just like a it's like, a, yeah, I guess there's other ones like it All Star I think, but it's somehow oh, like a fuel card kind of thing. Yeah, so they partner with Instavolt literally just recently. I think Shell, um, Mer, which is at some um, garden centres and stuff, 
Um, but it's somehow they seem to get a cheaper rate at some places, like Osprey, mm-hmm. which are, are Audi, I think. Um, between certain hours, they may manage to negotiate a twenty p discount. But this this oh, this wow. card's free. I don't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. And there seems to be some glitch with Instavolt chargers. Instavolt's supposed to be eighty five p, and for some reason, I only get charged sixty six p with with the Octopus card. It doesn't even say anywhere they're going to be. It's going to be sixty six p. I don't know how they do it, but <clears throat> that's great. I probably shouldn't have said that. It's probably going to get removed now. But. <laughs> Um, but it, for, if you haven't got a Tesla app, that seems to me to make life a lot easier because the Instavolt app is a yep. hot piece of garbage. Um, logs you mm. out every time. And this is just this card, done, plug in, done. I haven't had any problems with it. So um, if you haven't got a Tesla, definitely check out that Octopus Electroverse app. Yeah, if you have got Octopus at home like you have, you get some discount or some billing simplification on your energy tariff mm-hmm. or something along those lines. I haven't really looked into it, but yeah, it looks really good. I guess they just bill your home energy account or something yeah, i think so you get some sort of discount with that, do it that one. Ah, yes. yeah, i imagine I the mean, discount is to do with the credit card fees they wouldn't have to charge you every time and get and yeah. get penalized every yeah that's probably quite good actually yeah and i guess they get kind of some sort of wholesale i don't know almost like a bulk buy discount so I, yeah i guess they're passing some of that on to you but yeah life with the tesla anyway getting back to that has yeah. been great Thanks to everyone who has been listening to this podcast. Me and Jim look forward to coming back every month to provide our takes on the latest EV updates. We'd really, really appreciate it if you could review this show in the podcast app you're listening in, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anything else. If you happen to be watching our gorgeous face on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment and hit that like button. It really helps other people find this show. Without further ado, let's get back to the EV news. First bit of news. Seamless. Yeah, seamless. Uh, <laughs> the first bit of news actually is hot off the press this morning. Uh, everyone on Twitter has been talking about it. You probably haven't had a chance to see it just yet. Um, over in America, um, it seems a bit of an odd decision. Well, I suppose it seems like a quite a good decision because most charging charges that aren't Tesla seem to not be very reliable. Um, but over in America, BP have purchased like $150 million worth of on like, off-brand Tesla superchargers. So there'll be Tesla supercharger V4s, but branded like BP. So instead of outsourcing and oh, okay. purchasing um, other manufacturers' chargers that don't always work. They just have Tesla chargers that will use the B- would be on the BP Pulse network. Um, mm-hmm. Here in the UK, the EG Group, so they own literally everything. They own Asda, they own a lot of petrol stations in the UK, they own like Leon and other bits. Um, they've acquired, well, they've uh, announced they're going to acquire Tesla ultra-fast chargers for the UK. And they've got some lofty, lofty goals. So they've They've got more than 600 chargers right now across 189 sites. They have an ambition to, with EV Point, the brand they're going to use for sort of rebranding the Tesla chargers for their own use. They want to have 20,000 chargers across 3,600 uh, sites they've got. Um, so that's that's a massive, massive um, goal as well, which is really good. And hopefully they'll be a lot more reliable because the, the V4 chargers are pretty reliable for what I've heard. I think the biggest problem they'll probably face in the UK is getting planning permission to put them all in i mean i don't know how long uh, there's a massive bank of tesla charges at fleet services um that were there for literally years mm. ready to go all connected and everything and they were just waiting for planning permission from what what i was told um Weird. and i certainly i know even our tesla dealership up the road from me just around the corner from me um, mm. they want to put supercharges in and the council won't let them they've said you can't have planning permission um and that's Tesla themselves, you know, yep. with a dealership. Um, and you'd sort of think, well, it's part of their, it's also a service center. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, 
part of their the mo of their business for people to be able to go and use tesla services and um they can't get planning permission for it from from again what i've been told so mm. <clears throat> yeah i think something needs to be done around that because you know a lot of people are crying out for infrastructure and certainly in some areas of the country more than others and mm. local councils seem to be putting the kibosh on it um i, I don't really understand why yeah there probably needs to be yeah. some sort of priorities change somewhere or some message sent down i dare say a big government possibly a, yeah, so. yeah maybe maybe a big group that owns lots and lots of businesses has got enough money to grease the correct palms to get these things dealt yep. with i'm suggesting any kind of local government corruption exists of course no no of course not that's really good news it's there's there's a number of charges which just um don't work um and tesla know what they're doing and they are you might look at them like they're a new sort of company but as you said with your car it works really well the tesla superchargers work really well so it can only be good news for both sides really um i'm not sure how it'll work with mm. pricing i guess eg group just set their own pricing for it um but yeah but yeah hopefully so that's across so hopefully that'll be across as the locations because those supermarkets don't really have any charges at all really uh, and then no. the eg group uh, petrol stations which there's tons of those around um so yeah hopefully in the next few years we'll start to see some fruition from this deal yes i mean it sounds really good doesn't it? Yep. on paper so yeah fingers crossed awesome um this next story was announced about a month ago now so it was just after we started just after we published the last episode this is the new citroen ec3 um so the c3 is one of citroen's most popular cars i think a uh, little hatchback, mm -hmm. and it's going to get reinvented um, when it goes on sale next year. It's going to be sort of a crossover kind of thing. Um, yeah. But the headline headline uh, story is that it's going to be £22,000 with 199 miles of range, um, which is mm. just ex it's exactly what the market needs, uh, just at the right time, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was quite excited when they announced this, and judging by some of the videos I've seen online, um, I think Electrifying did a really, really good video. It looks really good quality inside as well, and some nice little nods back to other cars and some nice bits of humour in it. So I quite, I quite like that. That's quite a good idea. Yeah, it looks really nice, doesn't mm. it? And um, as you said, it's what the market's been calling out for. And it's good to see like a, a very trad company putting this out there rather than you know some new sort of disruptor from China or something. You know, It's a very traditional car manufacturer, and they're coming out with something and saying, Look, it can be done. Here it is, and hopefully it sets cat amongst the pigeons a bit. Obviously, there's more and more rumor about this Tesla Model Two coming out for possibly twenty two, twenty three grand. Um, but that's surely going to be a few years away. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's fantastic news, and hopefully others follow suit. And there's also going to be a model that's going to be seventeen thousand pounds. That's converted from euros with likely a little bit less range. I'd imagine probably 120 miles of range or something like that. There's been no figures announced for that one yet. So not that the Chinese manufacturers aren't producing good cars. It's the fact that a lot of people in this country don't really trust them as much. And if mm -hmm. a company like Citroen brought something to market, they'd more likely to buy it. I think that's the I think that's the general consensus. So The thing I sometimes see in comments of videos and things are um, people think of French cars and electrical issues and then I, I don't want to buy an electric car from one of those because all they have is electrical issues. And you sort of think, well, hey, time, times have changed. Mm. You know, the French cars are quite a lot better than they used to be in, in quite a lot of ways. Um, but secondly, we're talking about an electric drivetrain, not necessarily, oh, my 
rear demister doesn't work anymore randomly mm. or when i put the headlights on the windscreen wipers go <laughs> um yeah or every time i break the indicator flashes you know so it, it's a very very different thing and um obviously now they're stellantis group i mean they're absolutely ginormous as a group um a very very much a worldwide company uh, yeah hopefully it's sort of the pioneer for the cheap ev that's that's not a bit of a joke one of the videos i watched with somebody made a really really good point the thing that how have the stellantis group done this because at the moment the jeep avenger and the corsaria are like, ridiculously priced <laughs> like over 35 grand for both of those so how wh mm. what gives like what how can a company within the same group do that um does this mm. mean that there'll be some other Vauxhall products that can be this sort of price point or the i don't know what what it means but it just doesn't make any sense looking at it i think how they how they're doing it but no it doesn't at all and you can only sort of think that they've either developed their manufacturing processes and possibly their supply chain um possibly on the back of having a record of ev sales now maybe they can mm. go out to partners and prove that they're going to shift this number of evs and they can maybe use economies of scale to their advantage um it could be that they were absolutely shafting people with their pricing up until now and they've realized that they don't sell cars without huge discounts and they don't sell cars without you know incredible finance deals and huge discounts and then half the time they don't sell them anyway uh, so they're going to just sell them at a sensible price um but it could even be a mixture of those things that's probably the most likely is it's a mixture of of all of it but yeah, it's it's good news. It hopefully will start to um, for new cars at least, because a lot of people don't want to buy a used cars sometimes. Um, it was sort of a, for leasing and that sort of thing. So it'd be good to mm. this get this sort of car on the market. So that's going to be on sale next year, and then the cheap one will be in twenty twenty five. So all good. Uh, next story is that the Cybertruck is finally going to start being delivered to customers later this month on November thirtieth. I don't think it's going to come to the UK just yet, or uh, or at at all. Um, and if it does come to the UK, it'll probably be left-hand drive only, like the Model S and Model X. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of talk about this on Twitter and um, interesting things about said about it. But I, I personally think this will probably sell quite well in America, um, just because it is what it is, and it will, it's a Tesla underneath. So yeah, and I mean trucks, yep. sell mass massive numbers, don't they, over there? Yeah, I know there've been quite a few driving around in LA, like the test ones, yeah, the sort of yeah release candidates they call mm. them, don't they? Um, so I'm hoping to spot one when I'm there, and uh, I will spot one at the Peterson Museum because I know there's one in there. Ah. Um, but I mean, they they just look bonkers, don't they? They do. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see one out in the wild. That's for sure. Yeah, if you've ordered one, um, you can get one on November 30th. There's been some weird clauses with it. So when the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning came out, there was a weird clause, and you couldn't sell it within two years. They're doing the same with the mm. the, the Cybertruck, and people are saying I'm not too sure they're going to police it. Um, apparently you could get sued 50 grand if you sell it within two years or something along those lines mm. um, but there's obviously going to be that obviously um, hints at some demand for it if there's going to be mm. a, like a black market for it afterwards there's obviously going to be a lot of want and demand for that sort of thing so yeah quite good it's been delayed a lot so it's good to see it finally coming to fruition so we'll see what it's like the next one is Toyota is switching away from hydrogen um, and they're going to leave the hydrogen focus to commercial vehicles instead. So um, Toyota have admitted that the Mirai was not successful, essentially. Um, it's like a 50-grand saloon car that looks like another Lexus model, I think. Um, mm. And in the UK, there aren't 
there aren't many hydrogen filling stations. I think that was one of the main problems, and also the the focus on EVs has sort of possibly shifted it other elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, it's a bit of a interesting topic when you bring up hydrogen to other people. What do you make of this? Did you think hydrogen is going to be, or do you think hydrogen is going to be a good alternative for different things? Or um, I can see it being used in for com- certain types of commercial transport. Yep. Um, but I think it makes absolutely no sense at all whatsoever for cars. Yep. And um, it's one of those things where, like, the bloke down the pub says, a little electric cars with a load of rubbish, hydrogen's what we need. And all they know is that to fill up a hydrogen car, instead of plugging it in for half an hour, mm-hmm. you go basically into a petrol station for all intents and purposes, yep. plug in something into the filler and three minutes later you leave with a full tank yep. however they're about six times less efficient than yep. using a battery ev because essentially it, it you you use loads and loads of electricity to produce hydrogen you then have to put that hydrogen into a car and it's yep. incredibly difficult and costly to transport the hydrogen mm-hmm. uh, then when you put it into the car the car has to convert the hydrogen back to electricity so the the wastage along the way is mm. immense and they're still driving an electric car this is the thing most people don't know a hydrogen car is an electric car it's just using yeah. a hydrogen fuel cell rather than a battery and just the fact that if you look how much electricity is actually being used and lost what on earth is that going to cost you to run when that becomes a commercial venture because at the moment mm. it's not, is it? It's been played out a bit. You no. know, you've, uh, I know buses. A lot of buses are running on it, and that works really well. And you can see how that works really well. And um, I can see it being used in things where weight is much more of an issue. So there certainly will be areas where I think hydrogen will be brilliant, and it will be the best way to go. But for cars, nope. Not that I've got yeah. any strong um, opinions on it. Of course. Um. <laughs> Again, I can't remember the, like, where I saw it, but there was something along the lines of there was a city somewhere that ordered hydrogen buses and then they just said, they just cancelled the order and said they were going to get BYD buses instead, electric buses. So, because mm. um, they realised it wasn't going to be the best solution for it. And I went to London a few weeks ago with the GV60 and I saw tons of BYD electric buses. I was shocked because I, I hadn't been to London for ages before that. Um, but the amount of electric buses in London was just insane. So, um, mm. But yeah, just jumping back to this. Um, yeah, I think I think in certain situations, as you're right, like in quarries and things, um, mm. I got, I've got like an Australian quarry in, in my in my mind, like where there's literally gonna not going to be any electrical infrastructure around it, but they could possibly yeah. drive somewhere, fill it with hydrogen, and come back again, or have a lorry on site with it. Um, in mm. those certain situations, probably the trade off is probably worth it. Um, but yeah, you're right. In terms of passenger vehicles, it's not. It's just such a waste of energy. Like. We all remember at school we did like sort of if you put energy into something it's going to lose some and then come out again. Uh, it's just yeah, yeah yeah. So I when you having to do that twice yeah yeah. And and use a load of energy to transport it. Yeah, it's not not great. And as we're going to move towards um, faster and faster fa- faster and faster charging like three hundred fifty kilowatt plus like on the uh, Hyundai mm. and Genesis vehicles you can charge up in fifteen mm. minutes. Um, and if, once yeah. that becomes everywhere. Which is what people tend to forget. They they tend to look at everything as it is right now. They don't tend to have a, a good view on what it could be. Um, 
Yeah. In terms of and people still yeah. think of a car running down to empty and then filling it up again. And yep. my my thing is always much more important than the range of the car is the range of your bladder. How long can you drive for without stopping for a wee? Essentially. Yep. Because I mean, when on Wednesday when I drive up to Heathrow, probably by the time we get to fleet services, the battery will be at seventy something percent or eighty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not even charging quickly if it's still above 80. Yep. I'd, I'd imagine it'll be about 80. Um, we'll probably go in, grab a coffee, have a wee, wash our hands because we're clean like that, and then return to the car. And we've probably, in 10 minutes, put 60, 70 miles into it. When I took that long range up to Scotland um, last year, with that, we did 1,100 miles. And the only time we stopped to charge when we didn't just naturally stop so it was one time we actually stopped to charge where we didn't need a drink yep. we didn't need to go to the toilet anything else um it put 25 minutes on an 1100 mile journey and we didn't charge overnight yep. once it wasn't difficult we didn't wait for a charger once the charges worked obviously we had a tesla and we had the tesla infrastructure which was great um mm-hmm. so it was a bit of a cheat you could say in some ways but yeah it was just not not an issue you just stop stick another 100 miles in off you go until you use it and then well what you could do is if you've got a petrol car right now um just go on your watch or phone and just as soon as you get out of the car start a timer and when you get back you'd be surprised how long you spend in the motorway services sort of queuing yeah like, yeah just taking a piss and that sort of thing so it just it just takes a while yeah <laughs> um yeah, yeah even yeah. shopping as well like if you if there's a charge at your local supermarket you might think, well, why do I need that? I'm only going shopping for like 15 minutes. Bob, time it, plug in, and you'll be surprised how long you spend in there. When I had one of the cars the other week, I plugged in, and it added a, quite a bit, of, a surprising amount of surprising amount of range. Um, I just plugged mm. it in to, to to see how fast it would charge up. Um, and yeah, it was like, wow, I added quite a bit of range in like 15 minutes. So yeah, yeah, it's surprising. Cool. Um, got some more Tesla news. It's a bit of a Tesla podcast this week, uh, this month. Sorry. Yes. Um, so with the new Model Three, which looks it's growing on me, um, it looked a bit odd when I first first looked at it, like whenever it's announced. Um, it, I really like the look of this now. Um, they've said in Europe alone they've hit one million pre-sales or pre-orders for the new car, um, and it goes on sale in the UK on, in January, so a few months time from just under forty thousand pound. Um, that that yeah. is just incredible in the space of like a month or just over a month. They've already had a million a million pre-orders for it. That's insane, just, isn't it? Yeah, crazy um, to see how far Tesla have come. But when you look at what that car's given you for essentially four grand more than a Corsa E, I mean, well, yeah. that's not really a fair statement to make because the Corsa E is just a stupid price. Yep. Um, but there are so many really bang average cars, like one we're going to talk about in a minute, um, that are 40 grand. And you think, well, the tes- that new Tesla Model 3 absolutely wipes the floor with pretty much all of them oh yeah yeah it's got a massive amount of range um like 344 miles of range um which is just incredible um massively high charging speeds and they've it says here like it was three thousand pound less than the old model 3 which i remember you made a video or made a comment somewhere about it i was you were saying oh once tesla bring out a new model 3 and drop the price it was going to ruin the used market or make everything really cheap again I was like, mm, maybe not. 
I was, I was, I was a little bit skeptical, but like, yeah, it's proven. And I looked at the Tesla Model Three on Auto Trader last night, and there's a bunch for like eighteen grand that have done a few miles yeah. on them, but they're not that old. Yeah, they've done tons and uh, and they're like under twenty grand, it's just insane. Um, so yeah, this would be good. I'd imagine within a few few months of this coming out in January, I'll start to see tons on the road already. <laughs> Uh, people trading in their old ones and selling them and stuff so yeah yeah looks really good and it's just amazing that they've sold a million so on sunday i've uh-huh. got another sort of used ev video coming out yep and the one i think that surprised me the most is the audi e-tron now i was always a little bit kind of let down by the fact that you had 200 miles of range in such a premium car it was a seventy-five thousand pound car the e-tron 55 quattro uh, you can get right. one now for twenty four grand. Yeah, it's just like a three year old one with very little mileage on it. Twenty four thousand pounds. That always baffles me when we when we talk about these cars that have lost so much value. Because I I struggle to comprehend on who's like who is someone out there has lost so much money on that car. I think what we're seeing at the moment is sort of it's almost a perfect storm, whereby. Um, they have depreciated a lot, but I think they've depreciated a lot mainly because, well, I've said from the start, the technology is going to move on at such a rapid pace mm. that it'll almost be like, well, do you want to go out and buy an iPhone 11 today? Yeah. When you can have the iPhone 15. Um, some people will, but not that many. Therefore, it'll have to be a bit cheaper. Um, yeah. But also, you had loads and loads. I mean, most company car drivers just went into an electric vehicle a lot of them didn't want an electric vehicle but it's going to save them maybe four thousand pound a year maybe eight thousand pound a year in tax maybe twelve thousand pound a year in tax by going into an electric Mm. vehicle and a lot of their employers said oh we're going to be green now you have to you have to drive an electric vehicle so what you had is several hundred thousand people essentially being forced into an electric car and then two years three years on all those leases come to an end and all that's available on the market and it's sort of like artificial demand sold all those cars and they're now available on the used market and dealers haven't been able to shift them but that that is starting to change i know last month was the best month ever for used ev sales i did see that yeah dealers are yeah dealers are now starting to take them in part exchange again because they weren't for a while a lot of them Mm. certainly a lot of the big groups were saying we're just not taking evs at the moment will only take a tesla or something um but from what i'm hearing that's all changing again now and evs are starting to shift but it sort of shows that they're selling now because they're they're at the right price yeah 100 percent. there's like a turn i see a lot of renault zoe's out there and they're like 10 grand mm. now um i've seen a car, quite a few of those on the road so yeah it's um gonna be a good thing for people getting people into the mm. uh into the ev space and sort of seeing what they like to use um you can you get one of the, the old Zoe's for like five now. I saw one for three grand on Auto Trader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. When you can get a Fiat Five Hundred E for five grand, I'm in. Yep. Like I'm, I'll have one of the second car. Like I, yeah, I love those. Okay. Yeah, five five <laughs> grand. So keep keep them peeled. Uh, the next thing we're going to look at is the Polestar 5. This was announced a few days ago, alongside some other new Polestar vehicles as well. Uh, this one's going to be a rival for the Porsche Taycan. Um, and it's got a brand new battery technology. It's going to have um, says five minutes to charge up 100 miles, which is just incredible. Uh, 800 volt architecture like the Genesis vehicles, 
Um, but yeah, this looks this looks really good. So it'll go on sale in 2025. Um, just, yeah, um, really stylish looking thing, really sort of swoopy, and it's, it's not an SUV, which is which is good. Um, but yeah, it's, um, what, what do you think about this? It looks awesome. I absolutely love the look of it. Mm. To me, it looks a bit like a 90s JDM car um, that could easily be, I don't know, like a, a sort of 90s Mitsubishi or Toyota oh, yeah. when Toyota did those kind of things. I think it's really, really cool, but still looks, it doesn't look retro in any way, um, but it's just an interesting bit of design. It's not an SUV. Yep. I could see a lot of people that currently drive a 5 Series or a 7 Series or something like that thinking, whoa, you know, I fancy one of those. Um, and it looks like that kind of car that w could be a motorway mile muncher one minute and your fun Sunday car the next. Oh, yeah. Uh, it looks like a lovely thing. And, I mean, the build quality in Polestars is, is superb. Um, the only thing that is happening with them at the moment is the price tags seem to be going north in, oh, really? in quite a big way. Apart from the Polestar yeah. 2 that's going to feature in my video on uh, on Sunday that I found very cheap. Yeah, it's going to have four-wheel drive, over 800 horsepower, nearly actually nearly 900 horsepower, um, which is just bonkers. Um, uh, yeah, as I said, 800-volt architecture. There's no word on charging speeds just yet, um, but the, the fact that it can add 100 miles in five minutes, it's going to be quite fruity. Um, but yeah, I... I've never driven a Polestar just yet. Um, I'd like to at some point, but I, because I've heard they're I've heard they're quite good. Um, but yeah, they've also got the Polestar Four as well, um, sort of a SUV type of vehicle um, with no rear window. Um, they had this. Mm -hmm. This has come from a Polestar day they had in Los Angeles a few days ago. So um, sort of like a mm -hmm. media event just for Polestar, which is quite cool. Uh, but yeah, they're onto good mm -hmm. things. It's a bit of a, bit of a departure from the um, EX30 that was announced or had a. There was some media drives the other day, so um, from Volvo. So yeah, pretty good. Mm. Yeah, loving it. Yeah, uh, that's all the long st long news out of the way. Get, get get through the lightning round. So the next one, as you mentioned, was the Peugeot E308, and yeah, just as I mentioned with the um, Citroen EC3, the rest of the Stellantis group is on another on another level in terms of the prices they're doing. Um, mm. so this is going to be an Astra rival. Um, it's basically the same price as Astro. There's 250 quid in it, but to me, 40 grand for a Porsche, a Peugeot is just a bit. I just wouldn't even touch it. That's it. You can have a like, and the 308 has always been one of the worst cars for depreciation. Like the petrol and diesel ones were absolute poo. I mean, you'd buy one for 30 grand, mm -hmm. and after two years, it'd be worth like 11. And, and I mean, still now, I mean, you. You look at a Peugeot 308, you can buy a three-year-old one for sub 10 grand. And I just don't know why, even as a company car or anything else, it's the same price as a Tesla Model 3. Yep. And I know it's, not everyone loves a Tesla, but why on earth would you take that over a Tesla Model 3? Yeah, in terms of the stuff you're getting, so this, is, this hasn't really got a massive battery. It's like a 54 kilowatt battery pack, which isn't massive by today's standards. 260 mm. miles of range, which if... Vauxhall and Peugeot's reputation is to go by. That's going to be next to nothing in the winter because apparently the Vauxhall course yeah, will be like do 12. That well in the winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're estimating 4.8 miles per kilowatt hour here and then 100 kilowatt charging, which 100 is a is at least that is the good minimum. Um, it's not as fast as a Model 3, obviously, um, but it's at least it isn't below 100. 
Um, but over 40 grand for that is just, as we mentioned, the new Model 3 is actually cheap, cheaper than I know. So. Even the fast charging time, where other brands quote 10 to 80%, yep. they're quoting 20 to 80% just to try and make the number look lower, yeah. you know? Because people might overlook that and just read, oh, it does, it does, it does something, something to 100 percent in like X amount of minutes. So yeah, I think it's bang, bang average, and to me that should be certainly sub 30. Yeah. Um, or you just think, well, no one's buying one. I think I'm gonna find out at some point that it isn't quite working, and they're either gonna cl- claim like mm. other manufacturers have that EVs aren't the future. Other other yeah. manufacturers have said that they said, well, our cars don't sell very well, so EVs aren't gonna be a good option. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, they're going to claim that. Or well. is it that you're producing a shit cow for too much money? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think so. Maybe. Uh, Mustang Mach-E has had a recent price cut. Um, Ford have said that this is a promotional price. Um, there isn't a date on when this could go back up again, though, so it might be permanent. Um, sort of mm-hmm. Ford are following in the lead of Tesla a little bit. They're, the way they sell their vehicles is sort of by agencies. Uh, the the, the yep. dealers they've got yeah it's a, they're in the they're following the little footsteps of of Tesla a little bit um but they raised the price of the Mackey back in um 2022 by seven and seven thousand seven hundred pounds and then uh in late October they dropped it by seven grand um so the the Mustang Mackey is now forty three uh just under forty forty four thousand pounds um it is cheaper than the the well, it's cheaper than the current entry level Tesla Model Three. It's not going to be cheaper than the new Tesla Model Three, so Ford might yep. drop it again. Um, but yeah, I, I I've never driven one of these. I meant to drive one at the recent uh, drive day we did together, but I didn't get around to doing mm-hmm. it. But you've said these aren't the most amazing cars to drive, but we'll see what I've, I see a few of them on the road, but not 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 many though. Yeah, I just I personally just don't like to drive them. Yeah. Um, having said having said that, it's a long while since I drove one. And they, the a lot of the issues with it, they could have solved with firmware upgrades. And I know that Ford are doing quite regular software upgrades to the car, yeah. So uh, it may be better, but essentially the accelerator was an on-off switch a bit, mm. and you just had this really jerky, horrible driving experience. And if you're moving through slow traffic, just really not very nice. And I didn't think the car felt special enough in any way to warrant anything like the price tag it had. Uh, and I, uh, it was one I was really looking forward to driving. I was sort of mm. really expecting to be impressed. And it was quite the opposite. I was just really disappointed by it. But as I That's said, a it's a long time ago. Yep, so probably fixed maybe a lot things have then, changed. So. Um, hopefully at one point I'll be able to drive one of those. But um, they do look good. I think the GT one looks really cool. Um, the, the body the body kit, yeah. the yellow paint, the uh, red brake calipers. But... Um, apart from that, uh, that's the yeah. It, it looks nice. So, um, and then in terms of sort of hot hatch, well, sort of hot performance uh, electric cars, we've got the Ionic Five N. Um, this was previewed mm. in the summer, and they've uh, released the pricing for it. And the pricing, when it compared to other vehicles, it isn't too bad. Uh, Sixty-five no. grand. Um, and mm. I forgot how much power this thing's got. It's six hundred and forty-one brake horsepower. And then, like mm. the GV60, if you put it into a boost mode, I think you get nearly 700. Um, well, yeah, sorry, you get 600 horsepower at the standard, and then you get uh, 641 when you use the boost mode, the Grin boost mode. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, this looks amazing. I haven't driven uh, any uh, Hyundai cars apart from an i10, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is going to be if it's like the Genesis GV60 in boost mode, this is going to be absolutely amazing. 
Yeah, it's got. Um, I think they've really made it as a probably a motorsport car, really, mm. because it's got drift mode, isn't it? Mm. And it, I guess because drifting's quite a big thing now as a motorsport, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I don't know if they're trying to sort of go into that area a bit. They're, they're definitely with their end cars, they're trying to appeal to those fans of the sort of JDM stuff of old and that sort of tuner type market. Mm. And so far, I mean, I'm a, I was a fan of that kind of stuff. And um, every time I've got in the, into an end car, I've been blown away by the thing. Uh, yeah. So I've got no doubt this is going to be really quite special. And uh, yeah, hope I get some wheel timer ones. I'd I'd love to. Yeah, the interior for me looks amazing. It's such a massive departure from sort of the calm, serene like therapist office mm. of the of the Onyx Five. Um, yeah. And, I just yeah. that just looks so cool um the interior yeah. so and then i've watched some videos on it there's some engine noises and things and um fake gear shifts not sure how that will work but good combination that's a good it's a i know it's expensive 65 grand but compared to other stuff like the porsche taycan it's probably quicker than that um i just yeah it's good good price i think yeah and i mean look at what you'd pay for an m3 nowadays oh yeah like 100 grand for the the, the touring version yeah so, yeah yeah a few episodes ago, uh, I drove the Honda E, um, made a video on that, and then we talked about it in one of the episodes. Um, I was a bit sad because Honda basically said this isn't gonna, there's not gonna be a new one. Um, but they released a concept car called the Sustainia C. Uh, it's gonna have a little um, electric version of the Moto. Was it called the Honda Moto Compo or something? Uh, it came with the original Civic yep. back in when you were three or something. Um, <laughs> um, this is like the sort of return to <laughs> the return to the Honda E. Um, so hopefully um, this is going to be yeah Honda's going to have a sort of refocus on little electric cars again because um, I was really upset that they sort of said oh, we're not going to bother with this now and then their new stuff um, it doesn't look quite as good as that anymore. Um, but hopefully, as I said. Um, this will come out so it looks very similar to the Honda E doesn't it yeah I, I still I actually prefer the look of the Honda E still yeah. over that they said rounded headlights there's a little um, not sure what the little blue thing on the bonnet is maybe a solar panel not particularly sure but concept cars mm-hmm. never look like the original Honda E concept looks looks like a sort of 80s sort of yeah hot hatch but um, and it looked quite calm and quite friendly in, in comparison so the Honda E had a very small 35 kilowatt battery pack Um this hopefully will go a bit further. They're saying with 137 miles of range on the Honda E, which in reality was 100. Um, but yeah, there's not much information on it. But yeah, uh, hopefully we'll see some electric cars because there's too many, too many, um, too much focus on electric SUVs at the moment. So yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, and I mean small cars for most people, um, especially with EVs. I mean most people are doing short commutes and stuff. Certainly, if you're a two-car household, yep. um, we need more small. Good EVs, hundred uh, percent. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Stellantis's new vans. So Stellantis are getting quite bullish on becoming a proper competitor to Ford. They want to take on Ford and become the best-selling mm-hmm. van company in the UK because Ford have had that title since the '90s, I think. Um, so they've announced a whole new refresh of their vehicles. So they've got uh, Fiat, Citroen, Peugeot, um, uh, also got uh, Vauxhall as well, and Opel. Their new vans. 
Um, sort of a major refresh of all those models. They're all basically the same thing underneath. They've got the E-Bolingo, the e the Combo Electric, E-Partner, and those sort of vehicles. Um, so we've got up to 75 kilowatt on the smallest vans, um, so the, the mid-sized vans. So it's now 224 miles of range. Um, there's some maximum charging speeds are being increased. So they were used to be 50 kilowatt. They're now 150 kilowatt, which is a huge increase. Um, there's improved interiors, um, different things like that. So um, they've also got a 400 volt power takeoff for things like um, engineers and sort of maintenance people. You can now power up drill batteries and things from the vehicle without having to have aftermarket things put in them. Um, but yeah, uh, not much to talk about there, just, just vans really, but um, some, some good improvements. And I've seen a lot of these around, especially Raw Mail. Raw Mail office near me, they just have electric vans, that's all they have. Um, they don't have any, any yeah. diesel vans anymore, they've got a massive car park, so... Um, it's good to see good to see that and they're using Stellantis vans for that stuff they don't use Ford because they haven't got any Ford haven't got the e-custom out yet so yeah but, um, I mean again like the more competition that comes out oh, of the yeah. market the better the, everything's going to be isn't it you know yeah 100% so um, yeah it'd be interesting to see how, how they work out I think with the electric vans as well it's, it'll be interesting to see how how much I mean the first lot of electric vans we've had have had really low range generally mm. haven't they um but it'd be interesting to see how they perform with a full load on board. Yeah, should be should be good. I know some of them. I think I think the E Transit custom when it comes out is going to have a similar load to the the diesel version, uh, which is quite impressive. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the this Stellantis ones. They haven't released those figures. I just wonder if that's going to destroy the range in them or not. Mm. Um, but, but well, we'll, we'll see. see, won't we? Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to get to. This was announced literally uh, Friday. Um, so the Volkswagen ID7 will start from £55,000. Um, this is the very last vehicle, I think, that Volkswagen have got that's going to have the old the old ID software system, like the old layout. Uh, I think going this was like, this was in development for ages. It was when the new CEO didn't come in uh, just before we came in. So they had to sort of run with it because mm-hmm. it would already paid for it, um, which doesn't give it a good start in life. Um, so, no. <laughs> um, but fifty-five grand. Uh, and it's got you get a free charger at home for that. Uh, you get seventy-seven kilowatt-hour battery pack, same as the existing ID models. Three hundred eighty miles of range. It's yeah. Um, the interior looks good, but it's still got that. As I mentioned, it's still got that very clean look inside with that NAF software system. Um, but we shouldn't mm. knock it before we before we've seen it though. Um, but going forward, the the new the new vehicles from Volkswagen will be a return to form hopefully that's what the CEO has said but yeah this yeah. this is like a big Passat isn't it really yeah I'm, I'm quite surprised about the interior thing because um, when they did the launch of this they were I didn't go to it but I yep. saw like some video footage and stuff and no one was a, they weren't allowed to show any of the interior mm. so I can't remember where they did the launch but it was somewhere abroad and all the great and the good got invited yep. and no one was allowed to show any interior, and I think they even had someone from VW in the car with them, so they couldn't show you any of the interior. And you sort of think, well, is it because at that point that was still on the table? Is it might possibly like we've put this in, but do we run with it for the final production version? Um, I can't mm. think of any other and because it's not a new interior, so unless. You, you could see them saying you can't reveal the interior if it was going to be this new, amazing thing that no one had ever seen before and they wanted to do a separate, almost launch of their new interior, their new infotainment system, etc. 
But as they ended up with the original one, to me, it suggests that they'd already put the original one in and they were trying mm. to decide, do we just scrap this at this stage and come up with something new or do we say we've invested too much and we hold on to it? And if that's the case, they obviously decided, yeah, we've invested too much and we'll just stick with it. The other thing I was thinking was that they wanted the focus to be on the design of the outside because it does look pretty nice. Um, whereas yeah, yeah. if they revealed the interior, everyone's media coverage will be to speed oh it's got the same interior as the ID3 um, yeah with a bigger screen maybe. so I'd imagine they're probably trying to yeah, control the narrative point. a little bit because it is a stylish mm -hmm. car it's just a shame about the tech inside but because the, the rear end looks mm. really good really stylish um, there's going to be a, a state version so something to ride with the MG, MG5 obviously a little bit bigger yep. than MG5 but um, yeah it's going to go on sale in a few months time January um, just over 55 grand which I'm not sure about the price. It's a lot, it's a lot more than the um, what is it? What is it? The Arteon, Arteon, uh, yeah, state car, and then the Passat as well. They have got a new Passat coming out as well. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to do, but there's definitely a lot of VW electric cars on the market, uh, also on on the roads at the moment. I'm seeing so mm. might might do right, might not. That Arteon shooting brake's brilliant, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's really really nice. Mm. Yeah, I I drove the plug-in hybrid one, oh, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, loved it. Massively impressed by it. Yeah, it's just um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that they've sort of gone from a really really good place with the mm. their combustion cars, and then they've gone a little bit downhill with the EV stuff, and then hopefully with the ID two in twenty twenty five they'll get back on form because that new CEO is he looks like he sounds like he's got the right ideas. Um, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, like he really really does. And um, I know after speaking to a few people at VW, they're all like really quite impressed yep. by um not just what he's saying but what he's doing mm. so yeah i think the i think certainly the the marketing and pr team at vw will be delighted to have him aboard fantastic that's something we got for this episode a bit of a long one here um but yeah thanks for listening or watching this episode of charging status podcast you can find us on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts for a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes. And of course, check out those chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. We also have an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcasts that will help support this episode and future podcasts from the interface. Jim also has a book out all about used cars. Be sure to check that out. It's a great read. Link is in the show notes and on Jim's website where I'm an occasional contributor. Thanks again, Jim, for joining me on this show. Where can people find you online? Uh, probably the best place to go is just to go to my website. It's notaguru.co.uk and uh, you've got all my social links there really good time to follow me on instagram or twitter because i'm going to be posting loads of stuff um, from la and vegas over the next week and some really interesting stuff so um yeah a few surprises along the way i think yeah look forward to your vegas uh, shenanigans <laughs> um <laughs> you can find the interface at the interface.uk and links are in the show notes thanks everyone and we'll see you next time bye bye